Hey buddy lawyers welcome to the podcast and today we are going to have a conversation with Ms Priyanka Pai. Priyanka is a lawyer, a company secretary and she is currently working with the Pension Fund Regulatory and Development Authority of India PFRDA. <laughs> This time I got it right, right? Yes. Okay. Thanks to you. <laughs> <laughs> so Priyanka what's going? How are you? Okay, you you are born and brought up in Delhi or uh, now currently working that's why. Uh, I'm born and brought up in Mumbai and I shifted to Delhi in February 2021 because uh, that's when I started working with PFRDA which is a short form of the big name that is Pension Fund Regulatory and Development Authority. So yeah it's been a whole 6 months that I have been in Delhi and I'm liking the city this far. Okay. So uh this PFRDA doesn't have a branch in Mumbai or what? No. At the moment it's a small organization there are roughly around 60 to 70 employees on its rolls and all of us are based out of Delhi. Okay. Okay so we are going to talk about your work and exams you cracked but before uh, that i just wanted to know something like uh, i know that you are good in academics uh, were good in academics throughout your college but was it the same before too like in your school yes i have been consistently amongst the top i'd like to say five in my class and i've been getting decent grades all the while but that does not mean i did not play the fool i had my fair share of fun back in school college everything but i believe that uh, all my extra curriculars needed to be supported by solid uh, academic marks so which is why i ensured that my marks were up to the mark to say <laughs> yeah so that uh, okay um okay yeah so you were talking that you were uh, amongst you know top 5 students so <laughs> that kind of you know uh, this kind of discrimination if you i can use the word is like these are the you know toppers and these are someone who are very mischievous and these are somewhere in between i was there in somewhere in between <laughs> not at the extreme ends but uh, did you experience this in your school and what what was it like uh, have being in that kind of group and others noticing you like that in school i would hang out with the so called toppers but uh, the teachers never really bothered me much even though i did have a bunch of friends who were not amongst the toppers uh, i was never really given a lot of uh, what do i say flack for not <laughs> working that much because my course marks my college my school marks were fantastic so i was given a bit of leeway and even though i did not do my homework at times so or i used to be given punishments that is to go out mm. of the class and all of those whatever was to happen in school but they were again cemented by solid academics so i did not have to bear the brunt end of this stick in school that much <laughs> okay okay but this was the side of you know, you know your teachers uh, you said but what about the Uh, view of other students. My classmates, they were just happy to hang around. I mean, we were what eight to nine standard students, so they just wanted to play the fool. Even I wanted to play the fool sometimes, but I knew where to draw the line. And uh, at home, I used to come back and every day would study for an hour or two, so that consistency was maintained. And yeah, but it does not mean I missed out on uh, normal teenage fun. I ensured even that happened. So there was a fine balance maintained. 
Okay, so I guess I guess even you were punished sometime uh, for some mischief you did. So uh, can you share something related to that? And I promise this will be the last question regarding your school. All right, sure. So I remember back in class nine, we had this teacher who used to punish students for not getting geography textbooks to class. And one day, despite having the geography textbook, I saw most of my friends did not have it because they just forgot and they did not pack that book and they were going out. So even I chose to go out with them and I was standing outside the class, but then the teacher knew that, you know, this is extremely out of line for her to not have her book. So she checked my bag and she found the geography textbook. Despite that, uh, she did not give me that much heat because she knew that it's okay. Even if one class she misses just to hang out with her friends, she is going to cover up later on. So incidents like those kept on happening, but I did not actively do something overly naughty in school, but small things here and there, they happened all the time. Okay. But this was a kind of sweet one. <laughs> Even I think your uh, colleagues, your friends would remember this, that this uh, happened. You did this thing or something. <laughs> yes, this happened. And more so what happened after that was quite funny. So when we were standing outside, the teacher came and confronted me and asked me, why did you do this? So I said, because my best friend is here. And my best friend incidentally did not get that good mark. So the teacher did not scream at me, but she screamed at my best friend and said that, you know, even though she pulls the prime, she pulls primes like this and she does everything. But look at you, you are not in the top five or six in class. So you need to pull up yourself. So the heat was not received on me, but my friend was the target that day. So that is something both of us remember and still have a laugh about it. Okay. Um, can you share some advantages and disadvantages for being good in studies, like being a top in school and college? honest I was never a topper in college because uh, I come from government law college we did not have much attendance yeah. and, uh, and to I be frank to be frank do we have toppers in law school uh yes we did have a rank list of the top three every yeah. class so all through five years and there were some consistent names in it I was not in it at all neither in the first year neither in the last year so in college I would not classify myself as a topper but that was because I was busy doing extracurricular activities and doing things other than my coursework. So while in college, I completed my company secretary course. I did a diploma in securities law. I traveled around the country, did a lot of debates and modern United Nations conferences. So even though my academics slacked, it was all right for me because I knew that I was doing something meanwhile. So the lack of the top three grades did not bother me as much. Yeah, something meaningful you were doing and which you were learning a lot. So that makes sense completely. And this reminds me about when I was in college, like the toppers, even I had, we had like every batch had, but um, they were, they used to get around 65 or 70 percentage. That was the top. So what was it like in GLC? And I would get a 58, 59. So I was always just near the second, uh, near the first class uh, boundary that was 60%, but I didn't meet that 60% criteria. So yes, I graduated with a second class degree. <laughs> okay. Um, okay, so what was law your first choice after you, you did your five year course, right? Yes, I did my five year law course from GLC Mumbai. 
I was never supposed to be my first choice of a career option, which is why I did not take up the CLAT also. Uh, I was supposed to do a CA because my parents thought that uh, that was something which is a very good career. So I was told to go to CPT, that is your CA entrance classes. And that's where, right after class, when I joined my CPT classes, and I came across the subject known as mercantile law, which has basically your three acts, sale of goods, contract act, and partnership. And I realized that this subject is way more interesting than accounting possibly can ever be for me. So I decided to take up law. And that time, since I did not fill the platform, I could not appear for it. And I decided I did not want to take a drop year. So on the basis of your class 12 marks, the best college that I could think of was Government Law College in Mumbai. And I just uh, took the form and filled the form and I got admission, thankfully. And I'm super grateful that happened. Okay. Um, could you please elaborate on your time in law school uh, with an emphasis on both curricular and extracurricular activities? Like you have given us some idea to us, but if you can go into like the details of it. For the first two years, I decided to supplement my GLC coursework along with the degree known as company secretary. So by the end of my second year, I completed my CS. I cleared all the stages in my first attempt, all the groups. So I was just 19 when I cleared it. And from third year onwards, I interned. Third, fourth year, I was interning in Tata Motors in the secretarial department. Uh, in my fifth year, I decided to do a course, a postgraduate diploma in securities law from my college itself. And in my fifth year, I did a lot of internships in different uh, law firms because I wanted to see what actually practically implementing the law looks like. I did both litigation and corporate law internships. Um, along with all this, I did a lot of modern United Nations and debates because I enjoyed traveling and I like meeting new people. So getting a chance to visit different colleges and make new friends was something which sounded really rosy to my ears back in the day. So I did around 50 to 60 MUNs. So in a month on an average from my third year onwards, uh, at least two weekends would be spent traveling and going to different colleges and participating or chairing MUNs. But uh, in college between 2013 to 18, I had a good time and I did not have to attend so many lectures. Uh, yeah, so I attended different colleges, I attended their fairs and saw how they work. And uh, yeah, I did enjoy, I had a fruitful time in college. My five years were well spent, I would like to think. So <clears throat> you said that you attended around 15 to 16 MUNs. Five so, zero, 56. Wait, what? 50 to 16? Yeah. 50 to 60, yeah. So... On an average, like per semester, you are attending, oh, say, what, 10 to 15 MUNs? Yeah, on an average, in a month, if I was traveling twice to go to different cities and visit different campuses for their MUNs. So, yes, roughly between third to fifth year, I would have done that, yeah, easily. But how did you get time to prepare for it? Because it, that even that takes time. And uh, I don't know, I haven't attended an MUN. So, but there will be something uh, like you have to do the research, you have to prepare documents also, right? Yeah, so I used to do that when I had my free time. I've, I've been an avid newspaper reader, so current affairs, I was abreast anywhere. Then geopolitical news and other things you would have to read. Plus, as part of your law college coursework also, you have subjects like public international law. So you have a fair idea of what different doctrines are and what comes under the nuances of international law, at least the bare basics you know. Then you read about different conventions, treaties. So 
I enjoyed reading. So I read a lot of books in this regard. Okay, that's really great. Okay. Okay, so let's move on to your work now. How did you get recruited at PFRD? So PFRDA, as well as other financial sector regulators, they come out with notifications. Uh, the frequency of these notifications are not determined. They might come out once in a year. They might come out once every two or three years. And on the basis of that notification, you need to prepare and you need to appear for the exam. So the PFRDA notification came out last July and the exam was held in November. So you are tested on subjects on the lines of uh, logical reasoning, mathematics, general knowledge, uh, English, current affairs, and computer knowledge, along with your specialized uh, stream that was law in my case. So I studied for all of these uh, together and appeared for the exam. And then I was shortlisted for an interview. So roughly out of an applicant size of 1,200 people, 20 people were shortlisted for the interview. And I was in those 20. And there were 1,200 people, to be honest, vying for just two slots. So I'm one of the two who got selected last year. Okay, not a surprise. <laughs> okay, that, that's great. Uh, so um, the exam format and all. So how many other exams have you taken? Like other government job exam? I've taken only one uh, exam along with PFRD. That is the SEBI legal one. Because uh, SEBI was an organization I was really keen on working with. And I appeared for the interview also. But I fell short by just 0.6 marks. So I did not get selected. So SEBI is the only other legal exam that I've taken other than PFRDA. Uh, and okay, I've taken the UGC net, but that was not for a job. That was because I wanted practice. I wanted to see what sort of questions can be put forth in a law paper. So I took the UGC net exam way back in December, 2019. I appeared for uh, SEBI this year in January and February of 2021 and PFRDA last November. So I've not taken a lot of uh, government exams, just PFRDA was, which was my first exam and I cleared it and SEBI after that. Okay. So did you uh, come across the, like any similarities or any like vast differences between these exams, like the format, the syllabus, etc. With my limited experience of appearing for these exams, I'd like to say that the portion was the portion was the same. The portion was the exact same for both of these papers. Because in PFRD, you had to write answers in brief. So you were given situational questions, like a small paragraph saying that XYZ happened and what are your views on it, which legal provisions have been breached. And you needed to formulate your opinion and write it. Okay. Whereas the SEBI questions were more direct in nature. They were just uh, I'll give you an example. It said, for example, Article 48 of the Constitution, and it would give the first five words, complete the blank. And then you were given four options which were extremely close to each other. So you needed to rack your brain and write the answer. So there was a difference between the two. But again, the manner of preparation for them would be the same. You need to know your bare acts and your uh, famous case laws very well. You need to know the section numbers. So that is about it. But there was not much of a difference in the two papers. But again, you cannot straightjacket this uh, because the experience of every exam writer is going to be different. And what the examiner is going to put forth in the next paper, you do not know. Hmm. So CB and this one, uh, PFRDS exam, like quite similar. But UGCNet was very different, like the format and all, right? 
format was different then these papers pfrd and sebi they have negative marking attached to it so you have to know that your answer is right and only then you can attempt it whereas ugc net the portion was much more vaster see sebi and pfrd they are mostly there to check your knowledge of corporate law so when you see the weightage of the subjects company law had around 30 marks on 100 whereas in ugc net they are not checking your corporate law they are checking your all encompassing no uh, knowledge of indian law so you had to study subjects like hindu marriage act family law muslim uh, law all of that public international law so mm-hmm. it was much more wider in scope but because there were no negative marking there was no negative marking in that paper it was way easier to appear for that paper as compared to this yeah so from what i know uh, the ugc nets exam and judicial magistrates exam they both may be quite similar in terms of syllabus and format right i would have no knowledge about this because i'm not appeared for any okay. judicial exam also the manner of prepping for these exams are different because see in ugc net once you get a necessary percentile they clear all the students who who have met that criteria but whereas in sebi or pfrd where you're vying for two or 12 slots so no matter how well you do if another person gets better marks he gets the job and you don't so you fall short of even there's a difference of marks uh, on the lines of 0.5 marks 0.7 marks so it is extremely extremely close and that you, is not the case you lost it like for 0.6 marks right i lost my sebi job by 0.6 marks <laughs> very competitive yeah i mean there's a whole lot of applicants studying for these exams and writing and yeah you have to be <laughs> up on your toes and you need to really put your nose to the grinding stone and study for these exams because guess what there's a whole lot of people studying for these and wanting to get to where you are hmm. so how did you plan for these exams your studies and were you working while you were preparing for these exams yes i was working for the most part when i was preparing for these exams but for a short duration towards the end i did take a break but then again i joined another job also so i'd like to say that yes i was working for the most part during my prep period um uh, you just have to categorize your time well that is one thing that i will say because you need to know what your strengths and weaknesses are and how do you build on those because in my case i knew that my maths and logical reasoning were weak so i put in extra hours and ensured that that was uh, up to the mark similarly i knew that i was strong in subjects like company law because that is what i have specialized in so i did not need to put in as much effort in it so yeah you just need to know exactly what your strengths and weaknesses are and focus on it at the same time i would advise that you appear for mock tests so that you know where you lie and you can work towards that end towards bettering your uh, percentage so did you uh, uh, take any courses or Uh, for these mock tests especially uh during prep for pfrd no because there were not there weren't any specialized uh, courses available online for sebi i did take the i exam b legal course but to be honest i did not make much use of it because uh, i thought that it's better i study on my own so i just appeared for two or three mocks on their website and for phase 2 i appeared for two or three uh, english uh, essays english essay test they have so just for those but yeah for somebody who does not have the necessary time to go through the law books entirely then i would suggest that they can definitely take up uh, 
additional coaching online. But these exams, you can also do it on your own. It's not compel. It's not necessary that you need to have additional coaching, and only then you will be able to clear it. Would you uh, suggest any sources for preparations? for these exams in particular. For these exams in particular, yes. My course was pretty good and the faculty was friendly. So that is one course I remember. Other than that, um, the Anujitar course, I believe is good, but I don't think they, I'm not sure if they have a specialized course for legal students. In case they do, then that would also be a safe bet. Uh, this, off the top of my head, these are the courses I remember. But more than what, uh, courses I joined, I made a lot of use of the content that is freely available on the internet. For example, on YouTube, you have different channels and you can just search MCQs on CPC, MCQs on CRPC, and you get different classes who have their own uh, questionnaires. So I saw those videos a lot. Similarly, for prepping for maths and logic, I made judicious use of resources available on YouTube. For example, there are classes like Talent Sprint, Merit Shine, feel free to learn, who have amazing, simple content on mathematics and logical reasoning. So those classes help much more than any paid class did, at least in my uh, experience. Okay. And uh, for UGC Net, would you suggest any sources similar to this? The, the exam has two parts, there's paper one and paper two. For paper one, I bought the Anujandal course and that course was pretty good. I took their crash course and I studied their uh, subject matter for 15 to 20 days. That was helpful for sure. Then on YouTube, again, there are a whole lot of uh, options. For example, even Unacademy has a good content. Uh, Unacademy has good content uh, in uh, this paper one. So you could just go through their sources. For paper two, not really. I just went back to my law books and read the bare acts at length. Did you use any apps or softwares which helped you a lot while studying? Uh, do you mean apps like Forest which help you concentrate better? Yeah, yeah. Anything like for your concentration or note-taking apps, things like that. Not really, quite old school that way. I did not use any of these uh, external apps. <laughs> okay, so which which app did you mention just a minute before? I mean, I'm aware of what this app is. So for example, you can set a timer. You can say that for 30 minutes, you will not check your phone. And in that 30 minutes, a tree starts growing on the screensaver that is there on your phone. And if you access your phone in that internet, the tree dies. So that sort of dissuades you from using your phone for a while because you don't want to see your life. Uh, okay, so I didn't know about that, but yeah, thanks. These which help you concentrate better and which help you put off using your phone for a while. Uh, but no, I had pretty self control, a pretty good self control, so I did not feel the need to utilize these. Cool. But yes, I'm quite active on Instagram and I use that judiciously. But uh, I did have this thing on Instagram where you can track your activity. And uh, once you can, and so for example, you can set a 20 minute timer. So once your 20 minutes has been met through the day, you get a notification saying that, okay, you have utilized 20 minutes. And after that, you know that, okay, you're not supposed to use it beyond that 20 minutes and you try to put off using it till the next day. So options like these on Instagram, I did use. But other than that, no external study related app was used to. 
So this option is available uh, in that app itself. It's a built-in feature. Feature on Instagram. At least my I have an iPhone. So on the iPhone, this app, this feature was there, and it's been there yes, even now. So it's called I think recording your activity, and then you can check your weekly average also and see if you have been staying true to what time you had ordained for yourself. So I put on a notification saying that after 20 minutes, I want a pop-up to come and tell me that, you know, I have met my 20 minutes. So I stopped, or I definitely reduced my usage after that 20 minutes. I would not say stop entirely, but reduce for sure. <laughs> because everyone knows how addictive Instagram is. And once you start scrolling, you just keep scrolling. <laughs> Completely agree. No debate on that. <laughs> Fortnight before my exam, I ensured that I did delete the app. So that I did not even want to use this 20 minutes on the app. And once the exam ended, once I came out of the hall, the first thing I would do after all these exams, I mean, different levels of these exams was to download Instagram and see, okay, which meme did I miss over the course of the last fortnight? <laughs> Crazy. Okay. So um, given the fact that you have taken the road relatively less tread upon, what would you, what would your advice be for lawyers who wish to embark upon the government exam route? Okay, so one, these exams are a short in the dark. You need to be prepared for it, okay? Because just imagine there are 1,200, there are thousands of people applying for this one or two slots. Now, I'll tell you the numbers for SEBI. For SEBI, roughly around 8,000 people were vying for 28 seats in the legal category. So you know that there's a whole lot of competition there and you need to ensure that you really, really study hard because one mark, like I said, less than one mark is the difference between you getting the job or not getting the job. So when you're preparing, you need to be um, on your toes. You need to study and give it your utmost best. Do not waste time doing unnecessary things because the six months, the three months that you prepare for these exams, it's going to make or break your career. And once you crossover and once you get a job then it's smooth sailing all along it's a secure job and promotions will happen on time and there is not much work pressure as much as there is in a law firm so your work-life balance is going to be there and you have enough free time for yourself so the three four months that is your peak prep time ensure that you prep properly and wholeheartedly okay that is one advice that i would like to give then secondly it's a leap of faith so i would say that take it because when you decide that you want to do this exam and you want to get a regulatory job, so even though the odds might be against you, it's okay. Just give it all your best. Even if you don't make the cut later on, you know that you tried. So do not get, uh, do not get scared of numbers. Like there are only two slots and there are thousands of people applying. Am I going to make it or not? You never know. You just might be the one who gets selected out of the thousands. So do not get dissuaded by the fact that there are such few slots. Just give it your best. And it's okay if you don't make the cut in the first or the second uh, attempt. There are people who have been trying for these exams for years altogether. So try to do that also. Do not give up, uh, do not give up on yourself and have a little faith. Okay, so over to our last question. Uh, please share an incident from your career, which is very memorable to you. Okay, um, there have been numerous instances. I think my time spent in Tata Motor Secretarial Department, that would be a highlight of my career because it's an amazing, amazing organization to work in. And my teammates, my seniors, because I was an intern there, they were an 
friendly bunch of people and I have had memorable times there. One incident that I remember would be meeting Narayan Kartikeyan, who used to be back in the day, a brand ambassador for Tata Motors. So one day he just walks in and he was really friendly. I just approached him and asked him if I could get a photo with him or an autograph and he readily agreed. So I still have that photo and it was a great experience for me because as a kid, I used to watch a lot of Formula One and I used to, I remember reading about his pursuits in the newspaper. So it was a good uh, memory for me to meet him in person. Secondly, in Tana Motors, when I was there, this was October, November 2016. This is when the whole Silas Mistry and uh, Mr. Tata there. Uh, yeah, that case. Started. Yes, it started. So, and then we had to call an extraordinary general meeting. Now, this is something which does not happen all the time. This is a once in a blue moon occasion for a company. And the whole procedural aspect of it, getting the papers in order, ensuring that notices are sent to the shareholders, then getting all the documentation done. These met, all this meant at a short notice that you had to spend a lot of late nights in office. So all of November 2016, we were in office, the entire secretarial team till two or three in the night. And it was, of course, there was a lot of work, but it was a great bonding team building exercise also. So I will fondly, fondly remember those days. So it's not one day, but it's an entire month of November 2016 before the <laughs> December uh, extraordinary agenda meeting that was held. So yeah, off the top okay. of my head, these instances I this, this was before you graduated in law, right? I was in my third year of college then. Hmm. Okay. But th this was something big, like meeting someone. Uh, very frankly, I didn't know about that person, but you said formula one so i can resonate like what a personality would have to do like there in the office okay priyanka thanks a lot for having this conversation with us it was a great experience talking to you and thank you so much and the viewers whoever watch it i hope they get to learn something out of this little chat that we had thank you again for having me on board Okay, and thanks a lot for watching this episode. Do hit the like button, subscribe to our channel and follow us on all other podcast platforms if you just want to listen to the audio. Yeah, and also follow us on Instagram and other social media handles so that you don't miss out any updates from Budding Girls. Bye-bye. Thanks.